Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Alright, so we will continue our discussion around the lines of discipleship. Along the lines of discipleship. Um, we started this on Friday, for those of you who were here. If you were not here, get, get the messages. And it's important that you listen to the messages. This morning I want to focus on disciples are called to bear fruits. Disciples are called to bear fruits. And one of the things we established in the last two days was the fact that many multitudes followed Jesus, but they were few disciples. And what the Lord wants is not just multitudes, it's disciples. And we define disciples as what? The Greek word mathetes, which means a pupil, a student, the one who learns. How are you? You're good? How's your wife? Alright, good to see you. Okay? Uh, a student, the one who learns, the one who sits at the feet of the master. And the concept that we... Um, saw from the scriptures was that every Jewish child by the age of 12 would have learned the Torah. But for further discipling, they had to sit under a rabbi to learn the teachings of that rabbi. And I established that, for instance, Apostle Paul learned under Gamaliel. Praise God. Apostle Paul learned under Gamaliel. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 6, which is our anchor scripture. Luke chapter 6 and verse 40. Thank you, Lord. Luke chapter 6 and verse 40. Now, pay attention to this. Um, uh, the word we said, the Greek word for disciple is mathetos. It said, a pupil, Luke six forty, is not above his teacher. A pupil, a disciple... Is not above his teacher, but everyone after he has been fully trained will be like his teacher. Everyone after he has been fully trained will be like his teacher. Observe the word fully trained. Now, uh, I give an example. If three of us went into the university, I want to study medicine, you want to study law. Someone else wanted to study nursing, for instance. We entered that university not knowing anything about these subjects, right? Okay. We subject ourselves to training for medicine is how many years? I didn't hear you. Medicine is how many years? Seven and a half years. Okay. Add us to strike. How many years would that come to? Nine years. Okay. So when I say medicine, how many years? Always factor strike. All right. I'm just joking. But you realize that after nine years, that man becomes like 
a doctor, not, not, not becomes like a doctor, becomes a doctor like one of the teachers who taught him. That means that man has subjected himself, everyone, after he has been fully trained. That means that man has subjected himself to training. He is now like, uh, he is now a doctor. The other one is a lawyer. So it shows that discipleship is a product of a body of knowledge. That's why also when you graduate from school, they will say this person is worthy of this certificate in character and in learning. Which means that they expect that there is a way you should behave if you have gone through the university. The knowledge ought to form your character. So it's not just head knowledge. The knowledge ought to form your character. So you hear a word like this one is not even behaving like a graduate. Because they expect that as a graduate, there is, a, there is something that learning would have done to you. Praise the name of the Lord. So Jesus said, a people is not above his teacher, but everyone after he has been fully trained will be like his teacher. And we said in the introduction that the Pharisees had disciples. The Pharisees called themselves the disciples of Moses. John had his disciples. Jesus had his disciples. So the word disciple wasn't just used for Christians. It was used for anybody who sat to learn from someone. Now we're looking at disciples are meant to bear fruits. There's a scripture we read. I'll go through it again. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Please turn your Bibles there with me. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14. 2 Timothy 3 14. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced. And I said that uh, the goal of discipleship is to be convinced. You see, you ought to be convinced about your Christian faith. And I gave an example of uh, some of our folks in the other religion. How a man would put a bomb on his body and go and blow up uh, uh, blow up uh, an airplane or blow up an institution and when you interview his mother his mother is happy that his son was able to sacrifice for their God what's that? that's conviction Job's wife said after all the many trials caused God and die he wanted to become a voluntary widow but Job says I know my redeemer lives if God does not give you the things you're asking for will you still be a committed Christian? What breaths Christianity is conviction, not miracles, conviction. You're convinced of the truth you've heard. When the apostles were flogged, and he says, don't preach anymore in the name of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says they went rejoicing, that they, they, they counted it good to suffer for the sake of Christ. And they still went ahead to preach. They still went ahead to preach. So, a disciple of Jesus is not just a churchgoer. We talked about it yesterday. He says, if a man will not hate his own father, mother, brothers, sisters, children, even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. It's not the Christianity of convenience that we practice. I go to church when I feel like. Oh, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing today you find a believer. Uh, why were you not in church? I walked all through the night. I was too tired. So I just left. I will listen to the message later. You're not serious. The kingdom hasn't taken priority in your life. The kingdom should be first. Everything should revolve around it. Everything in your life should revolve around it. Praise God. Everything. Your choices. Your decisions. What you wear. 
where you go, where you are seen, to revolve on the kingdom of God. That should be the basis. That should be the, how do I put it? That should be the first thing. Jesus says, if you don't hate even your own life, your comfort, you pray when you feel like. You pray when you are happy. When you are not happy, you will not pray so that it will pain God. Hmm? That's why when anything, little thing happens, we stop church first. So first of all, tell God that, is that your church? I'm not coming. Come and beat me, I'm in my house. He's not yet convinced. You know, my, my kids had to do something in school. My son had to do something in school and then they had a teenage meeting and he, he was like, I don't know which one to go. I said, see, whenever the kingdom of God, whenever there's something in the kingdom of God and something out there, you put the kingdom first. Don't even pray about it. You put the kingdom first. You put God first. You put the word first. You put church first. That's how you shape life. Because we are disciples of Jesus. We are learned pupils of the Lord. And, and, and you must understand this. That Christianity was not birthed by people who were emotional. It was birthed by people of conviction. I said it yesterday. Um, was it Polycarp or Ignatius? One of the church fathers. You were to take them to the Roman amphitheater. And they would release bears upon them. That's how that song came of um, one by one they chose to die. The son of God they won't deny. And, 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 and he wrote a letter to his church people. He says, pray for me that when the bears see me, my blood will be sweet as honey. My flesh will be good for them to eat for I long to meet my Savior. He didn't pray for protection. They were willing to die. Scripture says in the book of Hebrews that they refused deliverance. They, they refused to be delivered. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, even if God does not deliver us, well, we will get into the fire. That's conviction. And that's where a disciple is. A disciple is not just someone who is a committed, card-carrying, tight-paying member. No. It's someone who is convinced of the faith. And he allows the faith to shape everything around him. Look at 2 Timothy 3.14. He says, And you, however, continue. Pay attention to that word, continue. We'll see it again. Continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of. Knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings or the holy scriptures, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Look at this. There are four things, three things essentially that the scripture, or four things it will do. It will teach. Then what are the remaining two things? Reproof. Are you here or you're going home? Say amen. amen. Okay. What's the next thing? Correction. The word of God should correct you. It should reproof you. You can't have um, you can't have a training without correction. I remember my first year in school. I can't forget my social studies HOD. She was a lady. Ruth, you know that excitement. My first essay in school. She just read it. She said, Okaka, you're not writing English. <sighs> you know? I mean, it was, it was very painful, but it was needed. That training has helped me 
to be able to write quite a number of books. It's correction. You can't be a Christian who only wants to hear nice messages. That's what causes us to hit teachers. Hmm? Itching ears, teachers to ourselves. So we follow people who teach what we like. We follow people who teach what we like. What, what can give us pleasure. Once, the, once somebody starts teaching something that's corrective, so oh, don't condemn me. Who are you to condemn me? There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Just taking scripture out of context. Oh, this is the area of grace. But the scripture says that the grace of God teaches us to deny ungodliness. Grace does not enable ungodliness. It teaches us to do what? To deny it. Let the scripture correct your motive. Allow the word of God to correct you. That's how you become a disciple. Don't just take the blessed aspect of the faith and not the rebuke. Let God adjust your motives. When you hear a message that is corrective, don't say, Ah, I wish my husband was in church to do. No, no, no. That's a wrong way to approach the message. You're yielded to the Spirit so the Spirit of God can correct you. The purpose of Scripture is not just for teaching and training, it's for reproof and correction. That's how you are wise unto salvation. That's where you get the wisdom unto salvation. And the central theme of scriptures is that we become like Christ. It says, if the man is fully trained, he will be like his master. Your goal is Jesus. Your goal is not your pastor. How do you measure your Christian life? How close are you to Jesus? Jesus is your goal. Jesus is your standard. Don't compare yourselves with someone else in church. Compare yourself with Jesus. He came to show us how to live. You know, we like to associate with our humanity, not our divinity. So every time he says, oh, I am a human being. Are you not a human being? Say, I am a human being. Is anybody perfect? Say, no. Both of you are giving yourself reasons to continue in your low living. That's why you are angry everywhere. Say, oh, this anger is, is in my family. But I thought you said you were a new creature. Did you, did you carry that along? Don't enable your flesh. Don't enable carnality. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That life is the newness of life. Somebody say amen. amen. It's the newness of life. We can live as Christ lived. We can be perfect. The word perfect there is the Greek word teleos. It means matured. We can be matured in the things of God. Perfection there is not sinlessness. It's, it's maturity. Same word used in Ephesians 4.11. That we come to the fullness of the measure of the standard of Christ. Until we come to a mature man. Christ is the goal. Let's turn to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 verse 11. Thank you Lord Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. What's the goal of the fivefold? That we come to maturity. Ephesians 4 11. And he gave some as apostles and some prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service. To the building up of the body of Christ. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a mature man. That word mature is the same word used for um, perfect. Tell us. Come to a mature man. 
Okay? To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we're no longer to be children, tossed to and fro by waves and the trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. And, and let me say this, I, I, I pray I have the time to teach on all the fivefold ministry. The Bible also said that prophets are to bring people to maturity. Prophets are not to keep people like babes. Every fivefold ministry has one goal. That goal is verse 12 and 13. Whether you're a prophet, whether you're an evangelist, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a pastor, the goal is to mature the body of Christ and not to make them depend on you. No man is a mediator between God and man. It's only one person. His name is Jesus. So you're not to raise a church where you're prophesying over everybody and everybody's watching you and prophesying over everybody and everybody's watching you. Praise God. You ought to hear God for yourself. You ought to be trained to, my sheep hear my voice, not my sheep hear my voice through their prophets. No, you ought to hear God. You are the child of God. His blood was shed for you. So the goal of, of ministry is to mature you, is to be perfect. Come to maturity. Praise God. Are you still here? So we say his disciples bear fruits. Let's look into that. John 8, 31. John 8, 31. And if we need anything, we need more disciples in the body of Christ. Not just followers of men in that sense, but disciples of Christ. All you need today for something to become popular is for a popular man of God to say it. Whether it is truth or not, people don't bother to check. Let one person just say it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. John 8, 31. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, if you continue, so I, I told you to pay attention to that word continue. You see, because the, the Christian faith is a long race. You know, there are some people that were very active many years ago. They, they, used, to, they used to say, in those days, the church knew us. Don't ever say that. I don't know why people are comfortable saying that. In those days, when we used to pray, so what are you doing now? Hello? Are you here? Are you in those days, is that your, your zone? In those days. In those, no, if you continue in my words. If you continue in my words. There is a continuity of steadfastness you ought to have as a disciple of Jesus. Glory to God. He says, if you continue in my words, then you are truly disciples of mine. So the proof of discipleship is in the word. You know, I tell many people that it is doctrine that informs behavior. You can't listen to everybody. It's doctrine that informs behavior. You know, the, the, the challenge is that when sometimes popular men of God say something, we don't compare it with scriptures. And statements are just thrown out there. Statements are thrown out there. Things are just said. Let me tell you something. Let me, and, and pay very close attention to this. A good Bible teacher will rarely use the word, the Lord told me. A good Bible teacher will rarely, rarely use the word, the Lord told me. 
You know why? Scriptures were not meant to be interpreted by the Lord told me. Scriptures were meant to be interpreted by scriptures. Which means that you open a portion of scripture, you open another portion of scripture so that it interprets itself. That's how Bible is taught. It's not that you just open it and say, as I was praying this morning, the Lord told me this uh, continue. It, it means things will continue in your life. Say amen. I say things will continue. Amen. Anything that I've stopped, what, what nonsense is that? Why, what's, what's that now? What's that? Jesus said, let's enter the boat and go to the other side. I say, you will go to the other side. I say, you will go to... What, why, what, what, what kind of rubbish is that? He said, I don't care what is holding you. You will enter your boat today. And you are saying, Amen. Now, the question is this. You see, it's good. I mean, it, it, it excites you. So that's why sometimes you have varied interpretation to scriptures because people put their emotions before the interpretation of scripture. So I will now come and say, oh, that boat, I say you will not cross. I, so some people are saying they will cross, some are saying they will not cross. I mean, it's just, it's just subjective emotional interpretation of scriptures. That's why Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly divided the word, word of truth. If the word of truth can be rightly divided, it can also be wrongly divided. It's not the division of the word of truth, that it is how it is divided. And so we, we, we built a system, especially in the Pentecostal faith, we built a system where it's all about emotions, all about shouting, all about, um, all about, I mean, it's very simple. We have a whole doctrine about praying against your enemies and praying for your enemies to die and that you can't find in scripture. Jesus says, pray for them, love your enemies, do good to them that hate you. Is that not what the Bible says? Is that not what the Bible says? What do we teach? It's simple. I mean, that's very... I mean, it's three lines. It's three lines. It's not even a whole chapter. Pray for those who hate you. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Three lines. And you have a whole denomination built. The opposite of that scripture. You know, that kind of prayer, it's your flesh likes it. Do you understand? And that's why we're talking about discipleship. Because discipleship is crucifying your flesh. So, if, if this brother hurts me, and I say, I, I pray for you. I pray that God will bless you. I, I, and he asks me for something, and I do good to him. Pay attention. What will everybody say? What? You are in the spirit, my brother. <laughs> Use the pidgin English version for it. That's the Greek word for foolishness. Mumu. Right? And you don't want to appear like that. Even your wife will tell you, you are too soft. Allow me to deal with this man. Let him... So when you now come to the place of prayer and say, in the place of prayer, everybody says, suspect, say, yes. And then you start firing. You know, you come out like, mm-hmm, we have children, stupid people. God hasn't answered your prayers. Somebody say, but when we pray, people die. Yes. Life and death is also in your words. You either enable angels or you enable the devil. So if you consistently release curses upon people and they also are not spiritually strong, devils will act on that word. And if there's a doorway in your life, they will go down. And you share testimony when you have committed murder. It's anti-scripture. It's anti-scripture. And it's because we don't want to be grounded in discipleship. 
We don't want to learn the word of truth. There are people who just take the Bible and teach business subjects. Business subject every Sunday. He said the Bible is a business book. That is what other people are using to make money. But we are not seeing it. Oh? Business book. And so every passage they see is business. So you look at this, say, continue in my word, then you are true. You cannot make business progress if you don't continue. In business, there's what Jesus was just saying about his own mission has now become the you can't teach him business from the book. This book, the central theme of this book is redemption and the restoration of man. This book is not about us, it's about what he did for us so we can know ourselves. Are you following this? And patiently through discipleship, we'll get a hold of this. If there's anything we need in this day and in this age, it's the restoration to apostolic Christianity. It's a restoration to apostolic Christianity. Allowing the scriptures again to speak. You know, the freedom we enjoy today in teaching God's word, the way we teach God's word, is because a monk by the name of Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King Jr., Martin Luther the Reformer, taught on the justification of, by faith. They were selling penance in the Roman Catholic Church. And he was a lecturer in Wittenberg, Germany. And he read Romans. And says, we can be justified by faith. And the Roman Catholic Church took him up. They banished him. And he wrote the 95 Thesis and knit them against the door. And, and just told the Pope, answer all of these questions. And then there was no answer. And he was banished. If he didn't take that bold step, we would not have what we have today. All of us would have been Roman Catholics. All of us would have been Roman Catholics. So from there, the Protestant Reformation was started. The word Protestant is from the word protest. It was because we were protesting against the wrong interpretation of scriptures that better the Protestant church. That's a, and that's why today, between Pentecostal and Evangelical churches, you'll find that Evangelical churches stay more closely to the accuracy of scriptures. Because you have to learn. You have to learn. If you continue my word, you have to read the word. It's only in Pentecostal faith that someone can just get up and say, God appeared to me this night. He had, he had one sword in his hand. He had Bible in his hand. Then he used his leg to bring oil and say, my son, it is time. Wake up and go. And then his whole ministry is oil and, and so on. And, and, and then that's it. There may be three women who are trusting God for fruit of the womb, get pregnant. One person buys a car. Another person buys a house. The church is flooded. Say, God is working. <laughs> That's never been the basis of Christianity. And that's why we've exalted materialism above convictions. That's why we've exalted money above character. And if we don't get back to discipleship, we would hand over Christianity to a generation that is very fickle. Are you still here? So it says, if you continue in my words, then are you truly my disciple? So it is continuation that breaks true discipleship. You have to continue in the word. You have to continue in the word. Now go to John 15, 1 to 8. I'll show you something here. John 15. One to eight. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. He takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. How many of you understand this concept of pruning? Huh? Who understands the concept of pruning? Let me see. You know what it means? 
if you farm before, eh, or is a flower or something that is bringing fruit, what do you do? You trim it so that it can bear more fruit. That trimming process is not comfortable. That is reproof. You know, sometimes your pastor can be on your case, or your father can be on your case. You realize that it is probably the children who are doing better that the father is always on their case, right? And it looks like, why? It's because that man is pruning you for greater productivity. He's pruning you for what? Greater productivity. You see, if they are not pruning you, you might, you might likely have been cast away. You know, there's nobody that they are not, nobody corrects them. Is it, let me tell you, if, if nobody corrects you, or people don't correct you, let's say you are in the, in the office, your boss does not correct you. Huh? You are in the house, your father does not correct you. Be praying. No, be praying, I'm telling you. Yeah. Because every, if, if your boss really likes you, you are the one who will correct the most. Uh, um, you are the one who will correct the most. If your father really likes you, he will correct you always. If they leave you without correction, it's not favor. The day they will sack you, they are just looking for one thing. You know, I listened to a message many years ago um, by Bishop Doug Heward Mills. The title of the message is, What is my father thinking that he's not saying? What is he thinking that he's not saying? Scripture says, <laughs> it says, Ephraim have joined himself to idols. He says, leave him alone. God says, leave him alone. He says, Ephraim have joined himself to idols. Leave him alone. Don't correct him. Let him continue. He says, leave him alone. God did not say, ah, why did you join yourself to idols? No, no, no. Leave him alone. None of us left to ourselves will amount to anything if we don't receive correction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? None of us, including me preaching, left to ourselves will amount to anything in this life if we don't receive correction. Today, denominations, Bible schools are inviting me to go and teach Bible interpretation. Did I tell you how I first started paying attention to Bible interpretation? I taught the message in our church. My dad gave me opportunity. I taught the message in our church. Interpreted it wrongly. So go home. He told me that scripture interpretation is not correct. This is the way. She, I said, oh, I've taken correction. He said, no, you have not taken. You will go up the next day and tell them it was not interpreted correctly. This is how it is done. I'm telling you. Ah, I said, I have received correction. He said, no, they will go with that wrong interpretation. So you have to go and correct it. I did that. I did that public from that day. From that day, I paid attention to scriptures. See, that reproof is what is opening doors. You think if I do that to you here, you come back to church? Don't come back. That's, what, that's discipleship. That's what discipleship is. My dad taught me how to use the Greek concordance when I was maybe 13. Then there was this big concordance called the Strong's Concordance. I don't know how many of you ever saw that. The Strong Concordance. So you will read the scripture, it will tell you the Greek number. To say the Greek is number 15, 16, maybe 1564. You will now go to the Greek concordance, check for 1564, and look for the meaning, and look for all the scriptures along those lines. And we had only one, which was his own. When he has finished studying, I'll go check that, and then copy out all the scriptures and study. It's not even now that you have softwares all over the place. That's how I began to study the Word of God. That is discipleship. That is discipleship. You have to be trained. 
You have to be accountable. It's for your own good. Pruning you so you can bear much fruit. Let's continue. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So it's the word that makes a man clean. Abide in me, I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. So it's a functional relationship. Fruit bearing, it's a functional relationship. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are born. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this. What glorifies God? That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. You have to prove that you are the disciple of Jesus. Since this is what glorifies God when you bear fruits. Children of God, we have to bear fruits. Christianity, they have to. When we mention fruitfulness, your first mind should not go to more money in your account. Hmm? <laughs> I think it's Wednesday we're starting a new series, right? I'm teaching on Pauline prayers for the believers, a three part series, so you need to be in church. I want to teach on how Paul prayed for the believers. Do you realize that most of the prayers that Paul prayed, they were for spiritual knowledge, insight, on the, that the eyes of understanding may be enlightened. That's why, you see, if you understand this, you will value salvation. You will know what Christ has, has gotten for you. Your faith will be strong. You will lose taste for the material world. Of course, God will bless you, but it won't get into your heart. Look at Abraham way back, way back. God, uh, Abraham went to rescue Lot And then the king of Sodom came and said Hey, take all these things And Abraham said, apart from what my servants have eaten I will not take anything Lest you say, I've made Abraham rich I've lifted my hands to God Do you think if it was in those Today we will not share testimony I praise the Lord, praise the Lord Praise the Lord, praise Master Jesus King of Sodom Just say, take I say, what do you mean? Say, take everything Say, and this is one of the, the goats I brought from the king of Sodom. Say, put it on the altar. Hmm? Or Daniel getting into Babylon and say, eat the king's food. Say, praise the Lord. I was just invited. And he just, what, what king is eating is what they gave to me. Say, wow, I celebrate grace. Hmm? And Paul be tapping into the anointing. Ah, may king call me to make king give me food. The things we celebrate today. Sometimes God is ashamed of us. You got a better promotion. The promotion you got, you, you were not promoted to be an accountant to a thief. You know the man is stealing and oppressing workers, but you are promoted. So you are, you are earning so much. And people who should have salaries to take care of their families, 20%, 30% is cut off. They are happy. Scripture says in the book of James, it says the wages of those that you are owing is crying up to me. That's why sometimes with all the money we have, there seems to be no progress in our life. It says, you say you are rich and I have need of nothing. It says, but you are blind. You are wretched. You are naked. 
Any prosperity that does not enhance your maturity in Christ is worthless. Hmm? Prosperity that you cannot have money to go everywhere except church. You have money to do everything except the kingdom of God. You, you have so loaded your life with gadgets that you cannot even pray anymore. Everywhere in your house there is TV. You want to keep abreast with current news. CNN in your parlor. Al Jazeera in, 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 your, in your restroom. Then BBC World News. I have, to, I have to be informed. I have to be informed. No problem. Continue. You see, we must realize that the path of Christianity is a hard path. It's a hard path. God is glorified when we bear fruits. Now, I want to look at three kinds of fruit. Number one, there is the fruit of repentance. Can we read something first of all, please? Go to Matthew, please. Please go to Matthew, chapter 5, verse 16. Are you getting blessed this morning? I didn't hear that. Are you getting blessed this morning? All right. Get blessed. Choose to be blessed. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. It says, verse 13, can we read from verse 13? It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, you know, he referred to this when he was talking about discipleship we read yesterday. How can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under the foot by men. Look at our nation. We boast of uh, Christianity a lot. But look at the rate of corruption. Hmm? Look at the rate of corruption. Who is corrupt? Is there corruption in this country? Who is corrupt? Is there a man called corruption? No. It's a way of thinking that we have embraced. Our churches are full, but corruption is high. The salt that has lost its taste. Elections are coming again. People will start prophesying of who will win. And people do that because they are not held accountable. You know, in the last elections, the, the police of Ghana had to warn the prophets. They, no, they, go, go check it out. Go check it out. The police had to warn them. I have some few friends who are prophets in Ghana. I know them. They are prophets. They are not my friends, but they are prophets. And they will say, oh, the police is against us. No, they are not against you. Because you kept prophesying that God said somebody will win. And we know we, those people should be stoned. If it was in the Old Testament, if you give a prophetic word and you didn't come to pass, they will stone you. So next time when you prophesy, you will you, be wise. And, and those people have churches and they, they are not accountable to their church. Someone will stand and say, God told me this person will win. And the person did not win. And then he comes the next Sunday and he's preaching to you and you still have your Bible there, seated there, listening. He said, the prophecy did not come to pass because they rigged the election. So God does not know that they rigged here. Before he told him, God in his mind, in his mind, God does not know they rigged election in Nigeria. So he gave the prophecy without the knowledge of rigging. So it's after God has told you, he said, that's Nigeria, or they rigged. Oh, I forgot. And these are the men we adore. These are the men we celebrate. People who take the name of the Lord in vain. So a prophet, think the video is on the internet, meets a woman and says, the Lord says you should give something. If you don't give this money, witches are going to kill you. And the, the woman was there trembling. 
My heart bleeds for the body of Christ. Because charlatans and wolves are honored. The scripture says, Acts chapter 20, Paul says, After my departure, savage wolves will, will rise. And you know, we like wolves because they have swag. So somebody's teaching you. He said, At two o'clock this morning, God woke me up. God sat by my bed. He now tapped my, then he called me by my native name. And I said, Yes, sir. He said, My son. Mm-hmm. He said, Whoa! The one that opens scripture, say, you are reading Bible too much. You are reading Bible too much. This is not the age of Bible. It's the age of power. <laughs> if, we don't, if we don't hold standards from the pulpit, the pew will never hold standards. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It says, if the salt has lost its taste... He's not talking about preachers. He's talking about all of us. Me preaching and you listening. If we have lost our taste, what use are we to God in the world? You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You know, we use this one for prosperity. That our business. He's talking about your life. You ought to shine. Jesus was the light of the world. But now you are the light of the world. You are the one that gives the world light. (laughs) Nor does any... One lights a lamp and put it on that basket, but on last time it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. They will see your light. He says, let your light so shine before men. Men ought to see your light and glorify God. He says, this is what glorifies God. Good works is not just about charity. And that's a mistake we're making in the church. We think by, by giving people food and giving them blankets and giving them pampas. These are the good works that God is talking about. And we do all of that with corruption in our hearts. No, we, that's good. But he's talking about the light of God's word. Ephesians tells us that, that um, God's word manship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. You're sitting here this morning and I, and I ask you a simple question. When last did you preach to someone? When last did you consciously preach the gospel to someone? When last? When last did you consciously put your money in the gospel outside of your tithe? You know, you know we, we, we've almost been taught that tithe is the mafia money for the month. Say, God, I paid you. Make sure that the devourer does not. You know, here people will teach that. Say, if the devourer comes, carry your tithe card. Carry your tithe card. Show God. Are paid. You know, it's almost like <laughs> when touts stop you. And I say, Have you paid for the money? Say, yes, my receipt is here. Carry your tight card. He said, Wave it up to God. God is not blind. So you now go, My fridge has stopped working. Lord, I pay you your tights. My, my fridge cannot stop working. Let it rest. How much is the tights? The scripture says, If I was hungry, I would not ask you. Say, The cattle of a thousand hills, they belong to me. It says the gold is mine and the silver is mine. We we need to review our engagement with God. All these things that look like serving God is like we're doing Him favor. No, it's an honor to serve the King. 
It's an honor to give to the king. When the queen of Sheba was coming to meet Solomon, she brought, you know, because he, he, was, he couldn't meet the king empty-handed. He brought gifts. It's an honor to give to God. That's why God had to tell them. He says, you must remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you power to get well. Lest you would say, the might of my hand. That's how you see, when people are rich, they start teaching principles upon principles. If you're grateful for the mercy of God in your life, giving will never be a problem. If you know where God has brought you from to where you are, giving to God, serving Him will never be a problem. May, may you never be encouraged to serve God. Never be encouraged. All these ones you are saying, you are busy. Hmm? You are busy. You are busy. 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 <laughs> Clap for you. Busy woman of the year. You are in a local church. You are not committed to any department. You are not, you're not involved in anything the church is doing. You have no idea what's going on in the church. And you think Christianity is about you show up on Sunday and give your tithes. And you're good. Your children are watching how you respond to God. You think your children are watching? Because one day we ask one little girl, one little child in church here. Oh, why were you? you know children will tell you the truth. Say, so why were you, you guys not in church last week? He said, Oh, my mom woke throughout the night. When she got up in the morning, she was tired, so we slept. That's what your child told us. You know what you have told that child? It's okay. It's very fine to labor through the night and sleep on Sunday morning. That's, that's what you have modeled. Or you walk throughout the night, then you now come and sleep when I'm preaching. So you just say, ah, our church has air condition. So you just go there, sit, 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 just sit in one corner. They don't disturb. Ushers don't wake people. So you plan your two hours sleep. Yeah. <laughs> So I like that was very cool. One day we'll break your head with hammer. <laughs> okay. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Make up your mind that you'll be committed to God, to the house of God, to the things of God. Amen. Model that for your children. Philippians 2 14 to 16. Do all things. Without grumbling or disputing. So that you will prove yourself to be blameless and innocent children of God. Above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Among whom you may appear as light in the world. So remember what I told you about interpreting scripture. Right? So when he says you are the light of the world. It wasn't just talking about your business progress. Peter explains what the light of the world is. What is the light of the world? Is that we are blameless as innocent, blameless and innocent. We are children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among who you appear as light in the world. So, light in the world means living rightly in a crooked and perverse generation. That's the interpretation of that scripture. You don't have to say the Lord told you. The Lord has written it. Come on, are you still with me? So, when I say you are the light of the world, what I mean 
What I mean is that in a crooked and a perverse generation, you shine as light. You are an example. By being innocent and blameless. Are you, are you with me? In your company, people know what you can do and what you cannot do. As a brother, people know what you can do and what you cannot do. As a sister, and I asked this question yesterday, everybody says, we have to sleep with you before we marry. Can you tell yourself, if this is the requirement, then forget about marriage. Are you that convinced? Or as your age keeps growing up, you now say, what do we do? After all, we'll just pray for forgiveness after. The money they gave you to hold, is this still complete? They'll give you money. You'll say, oh, when you people need it, you should tell me. Is it your money? You shouldn't use what doesn't belong to you. You know, God, you know, God is merciful. You see how uh, Ananias and Sapphira died? Hmm? Chronic liars. He came, ah, People are, that's why you should not do what people are doing if you don't have the faith for it. They saw people selling land and giving. They too sold and brought. They didn't raise money. They just asked him a simple question. Is this all the... I said, ah, man of God. Hey, this is everything. No? And Peter. <laughs> you know Peter before. His own things are the way they are. If it was another apostle, maybe he would say you are lying. And Peter said, how dare you lie to the Holy Spirit? Then he died. The man died. The wife... Because your husband is lying. You have joined your husband. He has recruited you as his disciple. Encourage him to be lying. Yeah. The day he will lie at his workplace and they will sack him. That is when you will know that the harvest of lies is not good. Your husband lies and you are okay with it. So both of you actually form the lies. How will we present it when Peter asks us? Say, no, say, so, no, no, no. If you present it, both of you are training yourself how to, how to uh, uh, get the lie properly done. So she just threw to church. I don't even know why two of them didn't come to church. Some of you are like that. You just come and then leave your husband at home or you come. If you plan the lie together, it's good both of you come together. So she came and asked the same question. To show that both of them have agreed to lie, gave the same response. And two of them died the same day. Imagine if God was to keep for lies today. We might meet empty churches. Can, can people trust you as a, as a disciple of Christ? If you say a word, can we take it to the bank? And let me say this, right? It starts with all these telephone lies. Don't normalize lying on the phone, especially people who are working like... Uh, mm-hmm. Where are you? Ah, sir? Sir? We, we are just at the roundabout and you haven't left your house. If you, you see, there is a way you will normalize life and your conscience will no longer prick you. I was in a bus one, I was in a car going to worry one day to preach. They called one person. He mentioned the place. They, I, 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 I was irritated. We were going to worry. Somebody was telling someone in Port Harcourt that, ah, the traffic in Shoba is heavy. The tra- Why? Do you know now, let me be honest, I mean, we all know. Do you know now that when you call somebody for a job and he tells you anything, the default is that you think he's lying? No, do we agree? If you call anybody for a job and say, oh, I'm coming, what do you say? That is how they say 
they are coming. You see, we have normalized that culture in such a way that we just expect that to happen. Including even some of my church members. That I will come, sir, come. I'm going to ask, sir, 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 we are coming. That's where we are. It says, prove yourself. It has to be proven. This is not righteousness by faith. This is not saying, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No. You prove it. Your works are righteous. Your attitude are righteous. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Are you getting blessed? All right. So the first fruit is fruit of repentance. Matthew 3 8. It says, Bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. Matthew 3 8. One of the fruits God expects us to bear in abundance is the fruit of repentance. Matthew 3 8. We bring forth fruits worthy of what? Therefore, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So, when a man repents, there is an expected fruit. You know, I said it yesterday, right? When people got born again, they wrote letters to their, to their girlfriends. And say this relationship is scattered because I've accepted the Lord. They walked away from relationships. Today you can find someone in the church with three girlfriends. Say, say man of God, I'm looking which one we walk. The Holy Spirit in you won't tell you which one we walk. Hmm? Keep keep Fruits, bear fruits. In keeping with repentance, when a man repents, there are fruits. Go to Luke 19.8. You know Zacchaeus, huh? short Zacchaeus, who climbed the tree to see Jesus. After Jesus preached to him, Luke chapter um, 19. After Jesus preached to him, what happened? Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. If I have, you see, there was conviction in his heart. If I have taken anything from anyone, I will give back. When you repent, there should be changes. Today, even as pastors, we, we almost have a policy not to go to reception because we know what we are going to expect. Hmm? No, they do church weddings. Ah, to address well, Lord. No, they will not. Pastor will not wed you. So. There is dress for church. There are drinks for church. And drinks for church members. Then when you go to reception, say, remove, remove this thing, remove it. <laughs> I throw away the zip. Say, yes, freedom. Say, play music for me. And all kinds of music. Played. All kinds of dance are played. Hmm? They just quickly... Um, Make sure your church people goes. Ah, bless you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. you all the ones you are saying, you push, you go. You push, you go. You say, oh, thank you. Ah, you people need to rest now. He said, ah, you people rest. We have church tomorrow, today, Saturday. Oh, you push, you go. You people are singing in the choir. Bless you. Immediately they go. Say, are they, are they going? Say, yeah. Say, bring the things. And you open a warehouse of, 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 of Nigerian brewery. You are wise. You will go to heaven now. So, at the end of the day, that's all your Christianity is about. 
when we open your fridge, it's like a bar. So I don't drink too much, just small, just take small, just little. But the small you take is daily. Well done. Well done. You are a Christian indeed. God is so proud of you. Ah, God is proud of you. Come girls in your house that are not married. Because you are a, you are a housing agent. So any, any girl who is looking for a place to pass the night, your one room, it's a housing agent. Say, no, I sleep on the bed. The, uh, you sleep on the ground. I sleep on the ground. I sleep on the bed. No problem. Well done. Good and faithful servants. There's a year some funny things. I don't like to be friends with girls. We girls, we gossip too much. No problem. Go and stay in the boys' hostel. Since God that created you a girl does not know that girls gossip too much. You are the ladies' man. See, I, I know how to flow. I flow with ladies. I really understand them. Thank you. God is so proud of you that He has given you a ministry to damsels. President and General Overseer of the Damsels Ministries International. God is proud of you. That's why sometimes we can hardly preach the gospel. Because the people you want to preach to, the lifestyle is not different. There is no fruit for repentance. And that's what discipleship is all about. That's what discipleship is all about. Bringing forth fruit. It will crucify the flesh. Romans 6, 4 says, Let us walk in the newness of life. There is a newness of life. Hmm? Remember that song? Romans 6, 4, you can put that up. Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. There is a newness of life as a Christian. Fruits of repentance. It should correspond with your work. Hallelujah. It should correspond. You know that song? Great change since I was born again. Hmm? You know it? Sing it. Mm-hmm. I thought you said you know it. <laughs> who knows it? If I say who knows that song now, I have giveaway. All of you will know it. Who knows the song? Truth and truth. Who knows the song? Huh? Look at the choir of the Lord. Who, who knows that song? You know it. Great change since I was born again. Hmm? Great change since I was born again. What's the next line? The things I used to do. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The things I used to do, I do them no more. Great change since I'm born again. That's it. That should be the testimony of every child of God. Even if you're struggling with some sins, you're struggling with things, people should see the progress of change. They say, oh, the more you go in the Christian faith, the more the changes will be what? Evidence. Don't be the most quarrelsome person amongst the staff. Great change now. Fruits. If, if we embrace this truth, this nation will go forward. The solution to Nigeria's problem 
is Christians. If all of us that are Christians, our local governments, our homes, our cities are transformed, other people will say, what happened? Scripture says God has called us to walk in his steps. The next fruit you have to bear, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5. Hmm? Let's look at the, the deeds of the flesh that you need to co- cut away. Look at deeds of the flesh. Verse 16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit. Hmm? And you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Verse 15, let's go up. Very good one. It says, But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. <laughs> look at what the Bible is telling us. Bite and devour one another. Bite and devour one another. It says, make sure that you are not consumed. <laughs> it says, but if you are led by the Spirit. What does it mean to be led by the Spirit? It says, as many as are led by the Spirit, you are what? The sons of God. So we can replace that by saying, but if you are a son of God, you are not under the Lord. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident. It is seen. It is something you can see. Which are immorality, impurity, sensuality. To be sensual. And I said this yesterday, we've got to be careful what we watch. Even so-called Christian comedies now, it's all about a woman. Every comedy is about a woman. It's about a woman, it's about sex, it's about cheating. It's, uh, why? 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 Sexualized content everywhere. You're advertising a car, there's a woman um, there. You're advertising DSTV, there is um, there is a woman full package. Uh-huh. Indomie, woman is all. You know, I was, I was, I'm, I'm, I was telling my kids in camp, I was telling them, I'm preparing their heart, I'll tell them that we're going one year without television in our house. So I'm getting them ready. Once this subscription expires for the next one year, we're not watching TV, no form of TV, no cartoon, no news, nothing. So I'm getting everybody ready. So my daughter said, what, So what, what do we do? I say when we get to there, yeah, and I'm going to do it. We're going to go one year without television. Yeah. We're going to go one year. I just want to t- tell them that it's possible to do without watching those stuff. So we're going to, we're going to do that. Once our subscription expires, maybe in January, go to the next year. No television, no cartoon, nothing. Say, so what are we going to do? I say, you read books. Read story books. I will buy story books. Every time you feel like watching the TV, open the stuff. So I told them, watch as much as you can watch this year. Watch. Feel your gig. Because we're going, we're going to one year, Sabbath. Going off media. I, I can't imagine sitting with my children to watch television just to be able to monitor what they are watching. It's, it's also a waste of my time. I'm sorry to say, but it's a waste of my time. Because, I mean, if I've got something and it's a kid's channel and I want them to be entertained, I should be able to leave them to be entertained, Right? Well, I do something. If I want to do movie time with my children, I know I want to do movie time. But if I don't want to do movie time, that's why I paid. I didn't pay for you to destroy my children. Because your prosperity can destroy your own seed. Gay cartoon all over. Cartoon talking about girlfriends and boyfriends. And it's also the same thing. Even as adults, it's not everything you should watch. You are single. All your movies are romantic movies. All your movies. You are not on blue light. You are, you are under the distance. You are not watching romantic movie. 
and you now say in the dream, uh, somebody sleeping with you. What, what should they do with you? Should they baptize you? There are things you shouldn't watch. I know you are matured. But see, no information leaves your brain the same. It's deposited. Let me tell you this. Information don't disappear. It's stored in your subconscious. That's why if you watch some crazy movies, 40 years down the line, if something triggers that, all those movies come rushing back. It is stored. Your hard drive is bigger than iCloud. You be careful what you be. It says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. You can't watch fornication consistently and not fornicate. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Fornication comes by watching and watching by the fornication of whatever it is. That's why it's discipline. That's why it's, it's discipleship. You see, that's why it's hard. Christianity is not simple. Brothers and sisters, it is hard. That's why God gives us his grace to enable us. Because it, you will look like a fool. What people are doing, you will not do. You will look like an outcast. Dare tell anybody you are a virgin today. They will almost be like, ah, wait till you Say, come, let's go have this virgin. Wait till you have Come, 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 come. What, how can you say that? It's, it's almost like that. Even you, you will be ashamed to say it. You see, we have so normalized evil that righteousness is now casted as passion acts. Dare to stand up for righteousness in your company and see the way everybody will come against you. Even Christians will say, see, I'm a deacon. But be careful. It's not how they treat you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Stand for righteousness. Stand for righteousness. And see how the world will come rushing after you. Even Christians will come rushing after you. How do we save a dying world? We cannot save a world we are in love with. His friendship with this world is enmity with God. When you become a friend of the world, you have proclaimed that you are a public enemy of God. A Christian wife should never be concerned if the husband is cheating. Should never be. It shouldn't be a concern. If they start getting concerned, then we are, we are having a problem. We have a problem right in our hands. So even debate polygamy shows how low we have come to. So if we say the scriptures allow polygamy, you will actually go and marry another wife. The one you have is because it's peaceful. If you had married a lioness, even if the scriptures say thou shalt marry three wives, you say keep your. You know sometimes. Let's let's preach. Fruits. Righteousness. You see, whatever God calls sin, don't call good. The end is usually not justified. God is wise. If God says, run away from something, don't say, I know myself. He created you. Righteousness will exalt a nation. Hallelujah. Are you still there? Are you happy this morning? Say amen if you are. Alright. Let's look at the deeds of the flesh. Let's mention them. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, adequate verse. That's the Greek word for that. Outburst, adequate verse, adequate verse. Why are you parading it? Outburst of anger. Say outburst of anger. Everywhere can be quiet like this. Boom. You have exploded. Outburst of anger. A Christian should not get angry so easily. They talk to you a little. You started swelling like, uh, what I don't know, just swelling, I just swelling, I just swelling. You need to lose weight. 
outburst of anger. You see, and, and because when we go to the fruit of the spirit, you see, one of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. The ability to hold yourself when things are going out of hand. You got it, outburst of anger. Disputes, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like this. Of which I forewarned you, just I forewarned you. The, that those who practice such things, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will not. You see, the Bible is clear about some things that will not happen. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. About burst of anger. A burst of anger. All of these things. Go to next verse. Twenty-two. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy. Hmm? Peace. Patience. We need this in our generation. Come on, I say we need this in our generation. You that want to blow, patience. That want to hammer, patience. Let them cut soap for you, patience. <laughs> be patient. You just started life. Don't be looking at Millionaire's Magazine, Millionaire's Magazine. Ah, every time you look at my say, hey, has my life like this? You don't know your cutting is bad until you go to your neighbor's house. You know, when we were growing up, my, my, my parents used to hold our cutting with milk cup. So they would cut the milk cup up and down. You know, so if they wanted to pack the cutting, they would... You know what I'm saying? How many of you had that? I said, how many of you had that? <laughs> You're just shaking your head. Do I have a witness? Uh-huh. So until we went somewhere and I saw that they had nice things to pack cottons, then I disliked our own. You know that sometimes you don't know you are poor until you see certain things. So in your way to prosperity, mind what you look at. You know, I had a friend way back in school. He was looking at, uh, what was that magazine then that uh, Daily Momodi used to write? Ovation. You know, Ovation used to um, take pictures of high class stuff. So, every time you will see an ovation in somebody's eyes, oh, this is his wedding, his wedding. <laughs> and I told him, I said, my brother, <laughs> I have faith, but the way you are going, I'm not sure you marry early. It's not that I don't like good things, I'm guarding my heart. That's how some of you are now. You should have married by now. You should have married. What are you waiting for? I don't have money yet. I don't have money yet. Yet, the phone the girl is using, you bought it. You bought her shirts. Every birthday, you are doing surprise. Surprise birthday, surprise birthday, surprise birthday, surprise birthday for the past four years. You, her father will be sick. You will contribute money as, as your babe consign. You have spent more than married people spend to invest in marriage. It's not that you don't have money to get married. If you wanted to get married during the COVID, you would have married. They said only 50 people should, should go for a wedding. If I was not married, that COVID year would have been a great year. Say, sorry, oh, it's because of COVID. Sorry, oh, it's because of COVID. 50 plates of rice, 50 pieces of meat. I mean, I mean, oh, that, that. sorry, it's because of COVID. And you, you don't want to marry. You want to show people that you have, you are a big man. Keep dragging relationship, dragging relationship, and because you people have been together for four, five years, you are already tired of each other. I say sorry. Uh, after the message on fruit of repentance, <laughs> don't break any relationship because of my message today. 
I've decided to give my life to Christ. Then you now start another one for another five years. So if we check your 15 years of Christianity, you have had three girlfriends. This is a word of knowledge for somebody. Go and get married this year. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 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 goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. A Christian by nature should be gentle. I know in, in our house we are hot-headed. The cross cools the head. There's a gentleness that a Christian should have. Are you still here? There's a gentleness. It, it, the Spirit of God should make you gentle. That's the way I talk. No. If you listen to the Holy Spirit, He starts telling you to calm down. Hmm? Self-control. Self-control. You need to learn to control yourself. These things are already in your spirit. When you're born again, you don't need to get them. They are there. What do you need to do? Yield to them. You, you, you understand that? When that person is offending you, and something say, say your mind, say your mind. And the Holy Spirit says, don't say anything. Don't say, Holy Spirit, hold on. I'll get back to you. Don't do that. <laughs> and you understand? The Holy Ghost will always tell you. You see, your emotions will lead you wrongly, but the Spirit will lead you rightly. Amen. Amen. Alright, the next fruit and the last fruit is the fruit of souls. The fruit of souls. Matthew 28, verse 19. Are you blessed this Sunday morning? The fruit of souls. Hallelujah. We ought to win souls. We ought to get more people to the house of God. Matthew 28, verse 19. We ought to get more people to the house of God. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. That means that disciples are to make other disciples. The fruit of souls. How, how, how does it take... By the way, I, I heard we had over 10 first-timers last Sunday. That's good. Let's give ourselves a hand. That's good. That's good. That's impressive. Clap properly. If I say we have bought a car now, we'd have clapped more. I'm glad. What does it take to get this place filled? Just everybody committed to bring in one person. Praise God. Fruit of souls. When last did you win a soul to God? When last did you preach to an unbeliever and share the good news with them? Why don't you decide that before this year ends, you get someone to the house of God? I don't care whether you're a pastor. I don't care whether you work in church. I don't care whether you're a committed member of the church. Go out there and reach out to souls. This is a command from God that all of us need to obey. Look for souls. Get to souls. Hallelujah. Come on, are you still here? If every one of us get one soul before this year is ended, we would have doubled our attendance just by getting one soul. And if you know a brother who is not coming, go after them. It's not the pastor's job. Alone, let me put that. It's also your job. And those of you who have the habit of coming to church once a month, stop it. It's not good. The scripture warns us not to forsake the garden of ourselves together. Live streaming is not church. It's convenient because of pandemic, but it's not church. For, the, for, for church to be established, there has to be a gathering. Because Christianity is built in communities. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you are there, nobody will offend you. When you come, someone will offend you. That's when we test your self-control. Oh, the church. I don't like the way the church is going. Come. We all don't like it. We all will change. We'll be coming. Are you following what I'm saying? There's something about gathering. Something about being in the meeting. There's something about uh, just fellowshipping with brothers. Just, just sharing the faith. Just sharing the faith. Just being among brothers. There God commands the blessing. Hallelujah. Are you blessed this morning? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for everyone here. 
Lord Jesus, we submit ourselves to you. That the fruit of discipleship will come forth. In the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord, that you help us. I just want us as we sing to just meditate briefly. Make sure you're still seated. Everything. Just meditate briefly. If you're in this service, you're not born again. We'll give you an opportunity to do that. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.